You are listening to Live the Questions, brought to you by Churchby, a billing system for particularly ambitious SaaS and subscription commerce startups. And I'm your host, Akash Sharma. So there's this Zen saying that you must have heard of that goes something like this, that in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind, there are a few. So the upside of not knowing everything at the start is great. But most of us stall because our beginnings are, as Brian Eno calls them, unpromising. What would be really interesting for people to see is how beautiful things grow out of shit. (laughs) Because nobody ever believes that. You know, everybody thinks that Beethoven had his string quartets completely in his head. They'd somehow appeared there and formed in his head before he, and all he had to do was write them down and they would kind of be manifest to the world. But I think what's, what's so interesting and what would really be a lesson of, that everybody should learn is that things come out of nothing. Things evolve out of nothing. You know, the, the tiniest seed in the right situation turns into the most beautiful forest and then the most promising seed in the wrong situation turns into nothing Um, and I think this would be important for people to understand because it gives people confidence in their own lives to know that that's how things work Mm -hmm. if you walk around with the idea that there are some people who are so gifted they have these wonderful things in their head but you're not one of them you're just sort of a normal person, you could never do anything like that, then you live a different kind of life. You, know, you, you could have another kind of life where you can say, where you say, well, I know that things come from nothing very much and start from unpromising beginnings, and I'm an unpromising beginning. And these unpromising beginnings don't have all the answers, don't have all the clues, sometimes distant light at the end of a long tunnel, sometimes not even that. So it's hard to plunge in, but there are obstacles that won't budge on their own. So this belief in an unpromising beginning and beginning anyway is important. In today's show, we have someone who has the same belief and has started things again and again over a short span of time. Today's guest is Alex Tirmo, the founder of Sascribe, a close-knit community of SaaS instigators. And this man has ran lemonade stands. He has made perfumes from flowers. He has been a nightclub promoter post-college he has spent 11 years in the sales world. And over the last 18 months or so, he has created one of the most flourishing communities in the tech world. And he has done that with an aim to produce value, both online and offline, with podcasts and meetups, with blog posts and keynotes, and of course, a lot of care. In a way, he has become the chief SaaS impresario making sure that the conversations around all subjects in SaaS have a new place 
have a new environment to take place. And in this episode, he tells us about plunging into things as an outsider, his heroes, and what it takes to build a strong community. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the show. Hey, Akash. It's uh, you know pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, r- really great to uh, be invited uh, to uh, your podcast. Well, it's a pleasure for us. It's a pleasure for us to have someone who's seen the SaaS industry from such a close distance over a short and really a rapid period of time. The last uh, 18 months, I think. So... February 2015 is when uh, Sascribe got its start, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think uh, it was sort of early February 2015. Probably the the first post that we published, uh-huh. I think, was the day after my first daughter was uh, was born. So uh, I think uh-huh. I popped out. I popped out the hospital to finish the uh, finish the post and. Uh, uh, and found some Wi-Fi and uh, and got it live. <laughs> you remember the first post? Oh, uh, do you know what? I don't. I don't <laughs> actually, but uh, I think I think the first the first uh, uh, first uh, few weren't that great, and they're they're probably hidden somewhere. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think we've 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 learned our craft a, a little bit, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, uh, initially, actually, I mean the the first post for. The Sascribe were the the first blog post that I'd ever written. It's something that you know I've been oh. meaning to do. So I, I wasn't a, a you know a, a skilled content marketer. Um, you know, it, content marketing was just something that I just learned by doing. Yeah. Perhaps a fitting place to start would be an inquiry into the past. I would like to ask you to recall a few decisive. I don't know if you'd call them decisive, but at least. Those instances, you know, when there was this intersection of obsessions and interests, and how those instances have directly or indirectly led to the founding of Sascribe over the last few years, it'll be great if you could talk about them. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I mean, my you, you know, my background has been in, in sales. Um, you, you know, ever since I sort of you know graduated and you know, decided that I, I needed to get a job, I. I kind of fell into sales and uh, been doing that for 11 years, selling technology, um, you know, selling software. Uh, the last sort of three, four years, you know, selling or being in the sort of cloud computing space and the the, the, the software as a service uh, space, and, uh, uh, and and that's where my I, I guess sort of you know passion and interest uh, for for SaaS really first sort of came about. You, you know, in the, the latter years of my uh, let's say uh, sales career as a as a sales exec, okay. um, and, and I, I wanted to be you know great at my job, and I wanted mm-hmm. to be a trusted advisor. Um, so I was reading and devouring you, you know not everything, but as much as I could. You know uh, right. um, that was out there about SaaS, and started reading mm-hmm. you know the blogs like Jason Lemkin and you know and, and others, um, and uh, and and from there I I just. You know, decided that look, I, I'm going to, um, you know, start writing. I'm going to, you know, create something, 
um, you know, whilst I was sort of still working, I, uh, you, you know, in, in my sort of last job, I, I launched Sascribe. Um, and, and my sort of rationale, you know, behind that was that, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, oh, well, the, these days, I mean, the, there's maybe too many uh, sort mm. of blogs out there. True. You, you know, every, everybody's sort of creating content. There's so much content. Yeah. Uh, but what I, what I found that the content that I was reading when I was, um, you know, and I still am, but when I was, you know, interested in SaaS at, at, at the time, uh, was either all being, you know, created by, um, you know, VCs uh, who had a particular agenda, uh, you, you know, potentially they're providing, you know, really sort of resourceful uh, information. But, you, you yeah. know, I think sort of uh, underneath that, you know, there, there's a promotion of their portfolio companies and uh, of them as a VC, um, mm -hmm. you know, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's all part of what content marketing, is, is, you know, is about. True. Um, and, and likewise, the, the other great blogs uh, that are out there, like, you, you know, your uh, blog, um, you know, Chargebee's blog, the, the SaaS Dispatch, and, you know, oh, uh, uh, Price Intelligently, and, <laughs> you know, many others, too many to name, you know, Intercom and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, the, these are, you know, vendors that are creating, you know, incredibly useful, you know, great content, um, but also, you, you know, let's say not particularly, you know, unbiased, uh, you, you know. So I, I just kind of thought that actually maybe there's a, uh, there, there is a bit of a gap there that, you know, for somebody to, to, to start creating a blog and even, you know, grow that into a kind of, you know, community, um, which is, you, you know, non-vendor, non non-biased, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a, a neutral voice. Um, and, and that was the, the initial kind of, you know, objective um, and I, I think we, we've uh, we, we've done that. Um, you, you know, very much. You know, Sascribe is community Indeed. community driven. Um, you know, it, it's very SaaS startup sort of focus. We get a lot of content that's created by those that are out there. You know, in the trenches. I'm not a SaaS founder, and so very yeah. difficult for yeah. me to to write about how to you know scale a SaaS business to a million ARR. I've not done it, so. Right. Um, you know, how can I write about it? So I'm getting people that that you know have done that, um, you know, to tell their story, um, and yeah. I think that's what's interesting and, and perhaps is what's different about us. There's something profoundly provocative about this: the idea that you are talking about a beginning, an unpromising beginning at that. You did have a, a background in sales and software. But I would still consider the background that you come with as somewhat of an outsider. You've been able to come in and, and build this community around the idea of change that the software world is witnessing. And as you said, a lot of companies are trying to be in the business of content, trying to be media companies in their own right, to talk about ideas and, and thoughts that they find interesting. But still getting heard is tough you've seen this very closely so i have two questions one is who are your heroes because what you're doing here is i think it's a bit of a uh, the, the way rory sutherland of uh, will be in matha described himself in a podcast i think it was freakonomics radio and they were talking about behavioral economics and he said i am an impresario that my job is to make sure that it's easier for people to have 
conversations around the subject of behavioral economics. And you do that a lot around SaaS. The idea that you want those conversations to happen offline as well, especially in Europe, where most of these conferences are not happening at all. So where does that initiative come from? Who are your heroes? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's an interesting uh, question, and, and, and actually, I mean, one uh, one that I don't think I've necessarily sort of, you know, been asked before. Although, of course, I, I, I've heard it being asked, uh, you know, many times, um, uh, just generally. Uh, okay. um, but um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, within the field that we work in, I, I guess mm-hmm. I'll sort of, you know, perhaps give, you know, uh, two uh, two examples within the field that we work in. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of respect for uh, the likes of, you know, uh, Jason Lemkin, and um, I think I also mentioned him uh, to you sort of earlier. People like Mark Roberge, um, you, you know, those that have uh, within SaaS, you, you, you know, created, you know, great companies, um, you know, created well, uh, I would say, gotten their companies, you know. To uh, an exit point, um, you know, uh, and then not, you know, sort of rested on their their sort of laurels, then have gone on to, you know, do something else and you know excel at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, for yeah. instance, you know, Jason Lemkin has founded two SaaS companies. Yeah. Uh, um, you, you know, had been successful, you know, with his uh, or uh, had successful acquisitions of those companies. You know, then invented himself as a, a, a VC. But also as a, a, a immensely sort of great you know content marketer, um, who's, who's perhaps you, you know one of the best you know VC uh, you know content marketers uh, that are out there, um, uh, you know, and is doing some great stuff with uh, with, with Sasta, um, and you know all the well writing on Quora sort of every day, and mm-hmm. you know likewise Mark Roberge, I mean you know. He was employee number four, or I think at uh, at HubSpot, uh, yeah. and uh, you, you know has helped them sort of grow into you know a, a unicorn. Um, you know, taking them uh, to be a public company. You know, built out their sales team without having a sales traditional sales background. I think he was a, a an engineer. Um, you know, for uh, from you know his education was engineer at MIT or something like that. Um, and, and he's come in, you know, and, and really kind of excelled at building out a sales team with a kind of different look at things that was not necessarily sort of traditional and then gone on to write books about it and is now teaching at Harvard. And, uh, you, you know, so guys like that, you, you, you know, have a, a, a lot of respect for. And, and I would say that within sort of SAS, I mean, those are just two kind of, you know, off the top of my head. I mean, I've got a lot of respect yeah. for people like Stuart Butterfield and, Aaron Levy, but I know this. You know the the, the podcast is uh, um, you know finite in terms of time, so we can't talk mm-hmm. about everybody. True, um, true. But um, you, you you know outside of that, um, uh, interesting. I mean, I, I, people like uh, I mean the manager of my football team, Arsene Wenger, who's the the man, <laughs> manager of Arsenal. Um, I, I guess kind of you know he's a, a, a hero of mine. Um, you know. Once again, he, he's taken a, I would say, sort of non-traditional um, sort of uh, approach uh, mm-hmm. to when he joined, you know, Arsenal and uh, the Premier League, and really kind of, you know, elevated them to, 
uh, become a top team uh, again. And he, you know, he's been at, uh, at uh, Arsenal for you know I think almost sort of 20 years. And uh, um, <clears throat> despite the uh, uh, I guess the, the the bad times that his uh, approach and his philosophy, he's always stuck to that despite you know calls for change. Uh, and he's always, you know, um, I guess, kind of produced a, a level of success, which you, you know, based on, uh, I guess, the, the finances that he's had as at his disposable, uh, you know, ha- has been excellent. So I mean, I mean right. I've got a respect for him uh, as well. So I mean, that's just a, like a, a, a couple of uh, a couple of cases. But uh, I, I'm not sure I necessarily put any one person up there on a pedestal okay. and say, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're my hero. Um, right. I, right. I'm too busy, too busy for that at the, at the moment. <laughs> right. So, of course, you've been busy. And uh, could you talk about the idea of... Uh, so, again, go, going back to the, the fact that you started this and you have not founded a SaaS company, this is, is this your first venture ever? Um, well, it's not, let's say, my my first startup. Um, I, it, it's it's my first proper uh, sort okay. of venture. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, I mean, I, I've always, I think, you, you know, always had a, a an entrepreneurial gene, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yearning. And I mean, even you know, it's very sort of cliched, but you know, when I was when I was a kid. You know, I I did have a lemonade stand. You know, I you I was I was make, I was making. I mean, of, of all things, you know, perfume out of flowers and trying to sell that. Um, you know, I at school I had an illegal tuck shop, and you know, would get my dad to take me to the sweet shop on the weekends, and I would stockpile a load of sweets and sell them illegally, and you know, got in trouble on that. But you know, I made some money before I got in trouble. Um, and you, you know, had sort of newspaper rounds, and then you know, when I was a, a teenager, I started producing um, a club nights, and I thought actually I'm not going to continue with my further education, and I'm going to become this nightclub promoter. <laughs> but actually, on the on the third um, the third club night that I produced, you know, uh-huh. we lost a, a, a lot of money, and I didn't I didn't pursue that path, and then. Um, uh, and, and then, you know, I, I, I went to university, I, um, uh, you know, went traveling, I came back and then I just, you know, went into the corporate world and, you know, went into my sort of sales career and, um, you know, working for a number of sort of different either the US vendors or technology vendors or uh, other startups. So I worked for a bunch of startups, uh, um, but, uh, you know, a, a, as an employee mm-hmm. and as an exec. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you, you know, sort of had my yearning come back to say actually look you know I, i'm i i have ideas i want to be you know i've missed out on not executing on ideas and not doing anything um and, and now i i really want to do something and uh, and that's when i launched sort of sascribe whilst i was still working but still trying to see i mean you know that wasn't you know, monetize. There, I don't think there was necessarily the big idea to, mm-hmm. you, you know, monetize that when we launched. You know, this was more a right. passion passion project, and yeah. I wanted to I wanted to create this blog and um, you know start writing content, and then just from there, um, you know, discussions and you, you know my my sort of interest within the field sort of led to actually, you, you know, I I really do feel that there's this need for. Um, you know, a conference in, in Europe, which is, you know, which is SASDOC. 
um, yeah. and, and, and did my sort of you know customer development for a number of months before we actually launched that. Um, and, and therefore, uh, it got me into this sort of position where I, I you, you know, I was 100% sort of convinced that you know this is, uh, you, you know, this is going to work. Um, yeah. You know, quit quit my job and you, you know went full time, went all in, um, you know, yeah. on it. Uh, and, and so, from that perspective, you know, mm-hmm. as a as a grown up, um, you know, that has been my first sort of, you know, or, yeah. or is my first, you know, startup venture um, because, okay. yeah. Uh, I, I didn't pay taxes on my lemonade stand or, or perfume. <laughs> so that's that's an intimate glimpse into the mind of a serial entrepreneur. And there's this idea, I think I heard in a commencement speech, that said, don't compare your twisted insides to other people's blow-dried outsides. And this messiness of thought is around in most beginnings. It's not always perfectly graspable. Did you ha- have these uh, thoughts at all when you were starting out? What was it like? Um, uh, not not necessarily. Uh, I, I mean, you, you, you know, I, I, the, the thoughts that I, I sort of have when when I was starting out, you, you know, I wasn't necessarily, um, you know, thinking too much about you, you know other. Uh, you know other people and you know sort of what what sort of going on um, you, you know sort of outside there it was just really you, you know head down um, you, you know I, I, I really need to you, you know do this I really need to you know start writing and uh, um, you, you know kind of just see where see where that goes so I mean from the um, from the launch of, of, of Sascribe Mm-hmm. Um, there, there wasn't, you, you know, I, I guess that uh, too much sort of overthinking okay. um, you know, about, you, you know, what else is, is happening, um, you, you know, out there um, uh, and, and just I, I kind of that, that sort of, you know, focus uh, mm-hmm. that, that I had, um, you know, without sort of being distracted by sort of all, all the noise that was out there. Okay. I, I think that kind of helps, you know, enable us. Um, you, you know, to, to really find our voice sort of quickly, right. uh, you know, and, and, and grow and, and take it from there. And also, you, you know, with the with the conference, um, mm-hmm. you know, with Sastock, you know, when I, um, you know, I think it was like maybe four or five months after we, we launched Sascribe that, you know, I, I, I had this idea, you know, initially. Mm-hmm. And I, I spoke to, you know, a few people that were kind of, you know, working with me on, on Sascribe at the time. And because mm-hmm. we, we didn't have, uh, you, you know, a background in events and, you know, a background in, you know, conferences, um, there, there was a little bit of, a, um, you know, a, a, a sort of a, a stop, you know, put on, on the idea mm-hmm. by, uh, by the people that I, I, I was um, you know, kind of seeking counsel from and looking for, you know, to work on this, um, you know, with me. Right. Um, so, so you, you know, my single-mindedness, I think, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> and, um, you, you know, the, uh, you know, not not sort of willing to, to necessarily sort of listen to the fact that actually we, we didn't have the requisite sort of experience. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's proven out, you know, it was proven sort of right that, um, you know, because I actually, 
I, I ignored those voices and said, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I believe there's something here. And, and then did the customer development, you know, from that. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's sort of proven to be uh, sort of the, the right decision that uh, I, I don't necessarily listen to uh, too much of, um, you, you know, sort of what's happening uh, outside, um, you know, unless I feel it, it, it's, you know, validation that, I, that yeah. we really need to get. True, that is true. It's beneficial to make sure that the dogma is always kept aside. Of course, the, the, the fears are there, but there's a way to get around them. It's true, almost. So, this is a question about questions. So, almost 50 interviews that you've done at Zaskarite. I'm sure you must have asked hundreds of questions by now. And I also know that there are no operating principles of questions that are written somewhere. You get better at them by asking more of them over time and paying attention to them. And they act as just these doors of curiosity. So how do you think about asking better questions? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely now, you, you know, 50 plus sort of episodes in the questions, I I, I, I think are, are getting better than they were in the, the early days. I mean, I, um, I, I've certainly always put a lot of effort into uh, the podcasts and reaching out to the likes of, you know, Mark Roberge and Owen McCabe and, you know, Jason Lemkin and uh, um, all, all these people that we've, we've sort of had on the on the show, yeah. uh, on the SaaS Revolution show, you know, I, I, I've ensured that I, I've done my sort of homework and, uh, um, yeah, you know, watch videos, um, you know, read a ton of their blog posts and, you know, yeah. from that, I I would in the beginning just sort of draw yeah. questions that I just personally would think that you know might be interesting mm-hmm. um, you know for uh, for the audience. But but actually in the in the early days of of the podcast, we I, I never really because I you know my inexperience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once once again, I, I I mean I'd never done a podcast <laughs> you know before. You you've never done it until you do it, yeah. and uh, you, you know so the first few you, you know it. It, it's tough. You you know you do get nervous. You know the questions are not um, you know always going to be uh, sort of perfect. But uh, another thing, one thing I didn't have, you know, in the in this sort of you know early days, and I don't yeah. know how many podcasts it took until we we sort of got there was yeah. um, it really kind of picking a theme or you know identifying an angle um, okay. you know before I you know went in with the questions. So. Uh, so, so now, you, you know, something that, that I do apply to the podcast and that I find is work, that works is uh-huh. I, I will, you know, speak with the guests sort of beforehand, you know, either try to collaborate with them to say, you know, what would be a good angle, you know, for, for this show okay. uh, and see if, that, see if that's something that's, you know, not necessarily, you know, been done, you know, before. Uh, it's not always the case because, as I say, there's so much content out there. Um, you, you know, there, there's, there's going to be overlap, I think, and yeah. um, whether it's a podcast or a piece of written content. Um, but we try and find an angle which looks interesting, um, and from there, I kind of, you know, work backwards then on, on, on the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and certainly, that um, 
that process or that you, you know has I think helped make the podcast better um, but also I just think just naturally I've just got a, a little bit better at you, you know uh, finding questions to, to, to ask and you know it, it takes me when I'm doing my sort of preparation and research uh-huh. for the podcast now it takes me less time to you know come up with the 10 questions than it did you know when I first sort of started out so I think just through you know practice um, you know I think with anything you know the more you do it you know, it, you know the theory is that, that you get better and uh, I, I, I certainly find that you, you know I, I think that I'm improving that the podcasts are improving yeah. I mean the, num- the numbers are going up and so I, I, I think you know that that that, um, that the proof is in in the pudding there. So uh, um, although I have to say, I mean, like the the first podcast, we were lucky to get Mark Roberge on, and it's still it's still proven to be uh, you, you know one of the most popular podcast uh, episodes oh. that we that we've done. But um, okay. uh, but yeah, definitely, I, I just think through experience and practice, you mm-hmm. know, I just got better, um, you know, at asking questions. That was the first episode that I heard as well. And the impression that I had of Starscribe is that it's being run by an experienced journalist who is very good at questions and who can pierce through the overwhelm <laughs> that can come in when you're talking to new people, people you've never spoken with. And that's what I thought. Of course, I learned later about your actual beginning. You, you wrote about it, you spoke about it, and that's how it's made aware of it. But the first impression was just that. We're listening to a veteran of the journalism industry, just going through the questions one at a time. Well, well I mean, you're, you're too kind. I feel very, very, uh, very humbled and, uh, and flattered. But uh, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally the opposite. I had no experience whatsoever. I mean, I did, um, you, you know, with, with that particular episode, you know, Mark Roberge, I mean, he just launched his book, um, I think the, the sales acceleration machine yes. and uh, I did read the book you know cover to cover and I did uh-huh. spend you know because I was probably so nervous and um, you, you know I'd, I'd, I'd spent you know a couple of days on preparation for that particular sort of episode right I don't <laughs> spend a couple of days anymore I, I you know I spend a couple of hours at best um, so uh, so yeah I, I think I was very well prepared and I think you, you know uh, he, he, even Mark Roberge, I mean, he, he sort of, you know, commented on, you know, at the end when we uh, were offline that he was sort of, you know, impressed that, you know, how well prepared and the research that I'd done and that I'd taken the time to, you know, sort of read his book. Um, but um, so I think it was a little bit of nerves made me, uh, you, you know, super prepared for that. But I, I just don't have, uh, you know, four days now to prepare for each uh, each podcast. But, right. Uh, right. but yeah, to- totally inexperienced. That was the first one. Uh, I, I'd ever done, um, but uh, I really enjoy doing them um, now, you know. And uh, I, I've gone to the cadence of uh, uh, of one a week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had, uh, I think, initially we were doing. Uh, oh, I was recording a couple a week, and um, I think just with everything else, um, you know, with yeah. sort of running subscribe, with running a conference, and doing the podcasts, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it can become a bit sort of you know overwhelming. So scheduling needs to be. Um, you know, sort of very important, and right. uh, um, you know, scheduling you know two podcasts on the same day I, I found doesn't you know work for me. 
um, uh, and uh, scheduling podcasts at you know 9 p.m. on a Friday night, which I, I, I was having to do quite often. You know, also uh, I'm not up my you know optimum sort of performance. Uh, right. uh, you know, at, at that time. Um, but um, but yeah, now uh, I, I I do sort of one a week, uh, okay. roughly, um, and uh, yeah, it just seems to be much more sort of natural. Uh, for me in terms of you know preparation and um, you, you know actually running the whole podcast itself mm. right right and for anyone who's uncertain who say is thinking about starting their own show as a podcast or using any other medium and is essentially looking at having the right kind of conversations mm. as conversations aren't hard to get wrong because when done right, you could have an auditory portrait mm -hmm. of people and you might have a story that tells you how they think, how they approach their work. So I picked your brain on the do's and how you've done things at your end. Mm -hmm. But also, do you think there are things that you don't do anymore that you did in the first few, if uh, you could talk about them? Yeah, uh, I mean, what did I, I it's, what I, I don't do, you know, anymore is, say, like, I think I mentioned sort of earlier, you know, in the beginning, there, there was no, you know, real, uh, I think, direction, no angle, you know, on, on the podcasts, um, you know, it was a, a, a kind of series of, you know, 10 questions that were not necessarily you know, um, interrelated or um, maybe some of the questions were not necessarily sort of resourceful and helpful for those uh, that were listening at, at mm -hmm. home. Um, that wasn't always the case, but, it, you know, in some of the podcasts uh, or the early ones, it, I think, you know, that is evident. Um, so, so I don't, you know, now, uh, you, you know, it, is that, uh, I don't, you know, go into it without having, you know, this theme or, or, or this angle. Okay. So it's more, I guess, of a, a, a do that I have a, you, you know, I, I have a kind of, you know, clear sort of picture as to, um, you know, what the angle is going to be, what the output is going to be for the audience, what the value is that they're going to get, you know, from this, you know, particular episode. Um, mm -hmm. um, so, so, so that's something. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it also, uh, I, I think podcast is, a, you know, it's a great medium, you, you know, to uh, to be in, to be providing content. Um, uh, you, you know, I, I think that writing uh, sort of blog posts, uh -huh. um, you know, we still we still need to do it, right? But sure. it, it, it's so saturated right now. There's so much noise that I, I find even even myself, I, I, I'm I definitely a lot busier now mm -hmm. than I was, you know, one year ago, even though I was pretty busy one year ago. But now I find so little time to, to, to read, you know, anything. Um, yeah. uh, and, and there's so much out there um, that it's like, you, you know, what do you, what do you read? But, you know, podcasts is, a, I guess, a medium that not necessarily, you know, everybody uh, has tried. It is getting more popular. Um, uh, but I think if you can find your niche, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, on, on a podcast and, right. uh, you know, and, and do with it and apply many of the principles to just generally to content marketing, 
um, then then you know stick with it with the long haul, and uh, it it can really be you know something that will um, you, you know sort of differentiate you um, you know perhaps from your uh, competition. Yeah, and you've had a firm grip on that part at least. If if you look at how the podcast starts, the audio at the beginning, and also the colors you've stuck with for this side that's been coherent and mm-hmm. I, i've been tuned also do you follow a ton of podcasts and sort of make sure that the learnings trickle through or this is again an area that is new for you as as a listener as well as it was last year do you look at them as resources yeah i i i don't look at them as resources i did um you know before i started doing uh the sas revolution show uh-huh. i was i i was listening to podcasts um through uh or or for enjoyment uh, okay. and also for learning um right. Right. you know i name check i mean i you know listen to the hubspot sort of growth show mm-hmm. Um, you know, startup grind. Um, I, I would say those are two. You know, the, the Anderson Horowitz podcast every now and then, um, and I listen to like yeah, the, the Slack variety pack uh, sort of also. Um, yes. But it was kind of like I, I guess dual purpose. You know, partly for for my sort of learning and and mm-hmm. enjoyment. You know, mm-hmm. so if I'm at an airport. You, you know, I might just put on a podcast and sort of listen to that to kind of kill 30 minutes or so um, <laughs> and learn something for it. Or if I'm driving, you know, I might want to listen to a podcast and learn something, you yeah. know, rather than, you know, listen to the radio. Um, uh, and um, uh, but I, I find actually, you know, once again, because like, you know, right now in life and at work, I'm sort of super busy. Um, I've started listening to podcasts less, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something I kind of you know want to get back uh, to doing. Uh, I, I, I might start um, you know doing it a bit more sort of on the commute uh, uh, to, to work, but uh, I, I think sort of right now I you know I, I just haven't had the time um, you know to, to listen to podcasts as much as I did when no. I first started the, the, the SaaS Revolution show. So okay. I don't necessarily look to too many of them you know as um uh, as, as an influence for what i'm doing um mm-hmm. uh but i have to say i mean like slack variety pack for instance i mean that's a, a fantastic sort of podcast and totally totally wacky and not why <laughs> i expected it uh, to be um um yeah but uh, you know they've got very high production you know on that versus you, you know uh, my own sort of low-end uh, mm-hmm. uh, production you know we're two worlds <laughs> apart um, both very different um, you right, know, podcasts, right, but, but right. Um, yeah, they've done a great job, I would say. That's right. That's more like Radio Lab plus business, and they've got the storytelling plus they plug in how things work in the business world as well. Yes. And they're doing a pretty good job. And I hope this is a good transition. It's So it's the written word and the, the spoken word. That's how you've thought about talked about your ideas that's how you've uh, helped others get their ideas out as well and that's how you've connected with a lot of people over these months and have built a community and this 
community is something that is special. You spoke about Jason Lemkin starting on Quora and becoming a top writer there, then uh, doing the same with his blog, and I think they're doing a podcast now as well. There we were. So he's trying to build a different audience, and because the intent is different, and you are of course trying to build something different. The idea of calling the audience an audience, a community, a community. You know, it also reflects what is it that we intend to draw from them. What is it that we intend to facilitate, and mm. what is it that you've been working at? So I would love to know if there's a way of thinking that you've developed about this as you've been added in different mediums, both offline and online. So it is thriving and it's leading up to a conference now. And when you say something is thriving, in, in, in this particular case, this community, how does one get there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like building a community is, is, is really sort of interesting. And uh, I think, you, you know, if we or, you know, if I had just um, launched Subscribe and if it was just the blog, uh -huh. um, you know, that wouldn't in itself be a community. Or if I'd just done the podcast, you know, that wouldn't in itself, you know, be a community. So for sure. me, it was really, you, you know, um, doing stuff both online and offline um, you know, and providing value, you know, in everything that I do, uh, you, you know, and, and, and really getting, I think, you know, engagement from whether it's, you know, the, the audience, um, uh, you know, or the, the people that I'm sort of interviewing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on, on the, on the podcast and, and, and really getting them, uh, I would say this, the audience or the community members, you, you know, sort of connected, uh, together uh, and, and so really I just kind of like see myself as sort of like the, the facilitator or you, you, yeah. you know the, the, the editor you know the, the person that's kind of you know putting everything together to just enable um, you, you know these community members and who are the community members these are the people who are within the, the SaaS startup space you know the founders the execs um, you know the team members um, and, and through the various sort of, you know, uh, I, things that I've been doing online and offline, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, that's facilitated that. So, you know, for example, um, you, you know, no one was really doing, you know, SaaS meetups in the UK uh, and even, you know, across Europe. Uh -huh. And Europe's a, a pretty big place, but also very fragmented. And, uh, um, you, you know, I, I, I started, you know, I thought, okay, no one's doing it. You know, in, in the UK, so I started doing. You know, did the first SaaS meetup, and you know, I think close to a hundred people, you know, turned up, um, yeah. and it, and it was great. And then we did one in Dublin, <laughs> and you know, again, you know, close to a hundred people sort of turned up. And, and you know, since then I've done you know eight SaaS meetups, uh, and sort of each time it's been you know super interesting, sort of valuable. Um, we've had some great content, but you know, the kind of primary aim was to get. You know, people within the the SaaS community in the various, you know, cities in Dublin, in London, in Berlin, you know, together and just sort of meet up and connect and, um, you, you know, so I, I've sort of you know facilitated that just through initiative, yeah. um, you know, and, and so that that's sort of one example. 
Um, we've got a Slack channel uh, right now. You know, communities. There are a lot of communities on Slack channels. You know, some work, some don't work. Um, uh, I, I started one called the SaaS Founders Club, mm-hmm. um, and we've got um, just shy of sort of 200, you know, B2B SaaS founders, you know, on there um, that are you know coming on every day, um, that are having discussions in channels about pricing, about products, um, uh-huh. about hiring. Um, and uh, yeah, so you, you know, once again, it was just uh, an initiative that I thought actually would would, would this be useful to people? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if so, you know, you, you know, shall I do it? And and mm-hmm. I I think the the last two years it's all it's all been about yeah just just doing it right. right. So just thinking about the the ideas that I've had, which are all kind of they all come together of course you know these are all not sort of yeah. you know dis- disparate ideas True. Um, uh, it, it's just sort of saying okay I think this is going to be useful to people um, so I'm, I'm going to do it uh, and so you know Sascribe you know it's free content you know the podcast it's free content SAS Founders Club it's a free community right. you know SAS meetups are free to attend um, you know the only thing that I uh, sort of monetize or um, you, you, you know it, that is a, a revenue channel is, is Sastock, which is the conference, the conference. And, and, and that's because it, it costs a hell of a lot to, to, to put on, right? So yeah, I need yeah, to, indeed. I, I need to uh, pay the bills, um, so um, I can't do everything for free uh, for my Absolutely. life. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, so uh, I, I think you, you, you know it, it was a sort of long long winded sort of you know way um, uh, of saying that you know both. Building community, you know, it's important to do it both online and offline. You know, to meet people, you, you, you know, face to face, to connect people, you know, face to face. You know, as well as you, you know, realizing that actually uh, a lot of people are just you know sitting at their desks, sort of you know, during the day, so they are spending probably more time online. Mm-hmm. So you need to find yeah. you know some ways to um, you know provide value and community to them, sort of online uh, also. True. You've done a phenomenal job around the connection of the offline and the online world. And I think what people have come to decry about a lot of conferences is the sheer number of people that turn up and the quality of the conversations that that occur. So I think you're really forming this close-knit group of people who are obsessed with all things SaaS. And that is what is going to get amplified in the conference. And 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 I think to that point, you you, you know, you mentioned this closed knit sort of group of people. Yeah. They 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 existed uh, and, and do exist, you know, without Sascribe, you, you know, without the podcast, mm-hmm. without the, the, they were there, you know, already. Yeah. The, yeah. The, these yeah. people that are like yourself, you know, like myself, passionate about SaaS, right? The, the community yeah. exists. Uh, and I'm just providing, you know, sort of forums and sort of facilitating the people to come together uh, in a in a better way that that you you know that they weren't doing before because nobody was doing SaaS meetups, you, you know, in 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 the UK and in Europe, right? So True. so it, it, I, I knew these people sort of existed, and uh, but nobody was really you know doing anything about it to bringing them together uh, in Europe. They were do, yeah. they're doing that in the US, right? But they weren't doing it here, so. So, so that's what I've been doing, just just trying to help people, you know, come together and learn from each other. And I think that's something fantastic that I've seen, you know, in the in the SaaS meetups that, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, 
these founders, you know, of SaaS companies, the people that are attending SaaS meetups, they're just so open. They want to share their experiences, what they've learned, what they've failed. You know, even yeah. to competitors, even with competitors, right? <laughs> they're saying, "Hey, look, you know, we did this growth hack and this worked." And <laughs> I've, I've never experienced that, you know, throughout my you know career, that where we we're at this moment where people are just kind of sharing so openly. So I think you know the SaaS community yeah. as a whole is is a fantastic place. I agree. I agree. The, the the value in a way it articulates itself because of the openness that is around. And I remember reading a blog comment from Rand Fishkin, who recommended a few SEO tools and basically said that okay, you could do this particular thing in Moz, and you could also check out Ahrefs and also mention a few other competing companies that did the thing in question and that's the way he went about this for people who've read about competition this turns out to be a revelation because the way people think about information in in the SaaS community is that alone it isn't enough you have to bring your beliefs you have to bring in your care for your customers and people in your community and if you merge information with all the essentials that's how you come up with something different so that's that's how they go about it uh yeah so just just to wrap things up i have two final questions for you mm -hmm. the first one is when you wake up in the morning how do you face the world with what idea in mind yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, these days when I wake up in the morning, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty tough because say, we just 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 have baby number two, so yes. I, I I feel absolutely destroyed in the morning. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I, I mean, like t typically, um, and certainly I, I found you, you know now I'm you know running my own business, which you, you know I I have been doing on a on a full time basis for less than a year mm -hmm. um yeah. you know i'm getting up in the morning earlier you, you know sort of fresher because i'm i'm thinking you, you know uh five different things you know at the same time um whilst i'm sort of lying in bed at you know 6 a.m um and uh, I, i'm thinking about the day ahead um you know and i'm planning and then i do you know i i get up i i, I do i walk the dog and then i'm just thinking about work in almost a kind of medita meditative state, um, which, which is, you know, very good for my own sort of mindfulness. Um, but then, you know, when I sit down at, you know, mm -hmm. 8.30, um, you know, I, I know what the day's, uh, sort of, you know, to-dos are. Um, and, and I've already had several conversations with myself about what <laughs> I need to say to, uh, say to people, um, uh, you, you know, which is, uh, I don't know if that's strange or, or not, but... Um, I quite often have, you know, workout conversations in my head before I actually, um, you know, have calls with uh, um, with colleagues and okay. teammates and okay. so on. So I, I, I have a very active, <laughs> very active mind in the morning when I, I'm not being sleep deprived, and okay. uh, and, and that kind of really helps with the product productivity. So whilst I I may not actually be at my computer and answering uh -huh. emails, and I typically won't. Um, you know, answer emails until like after eight thirty in the morning. Um, but my mind 
my mind is working, you know, on work, um, you know, from whatever, six in the morning and, uh, until sort of 8.30. So I'm kind of all geared up and ready to go and pumped up and, uh, you, you know, just uh, we'll, we'll kind of hit the keyboard sort of running, uh, you, you know, for, for the day. So I put a lot of thought into, uh, into stuff in, in, in the early morning. Um, that's when I'm normally at my peak. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, when you have a newborn, normally for the first few months, uh, sometimes those uh, that peak, the peak hours uh, are, are not so uh, not so peak. Uh, if okay. you get what I mean. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's coming from a father. Now for for the next uh, question, the, the final question. This is for anyone in the trenches who is trying to figure out the start or the uncertainties of a start if all you had were 30 seconds what is it that you would tell somebody about getting started um i I would tell them if they believed in what they were doing then they should do it uh i mean what they would need to do is first you know talk to people to um you know to see if uh, it is a good idea, but you know, do the validation in in a right way. Don't just ask people, "Is it a good idea?" Because people will just say, um, you know, yes, it is. So I think customer development has been very, you know, valid, valuable for uh, for me. Um, I, I think there's a a book um, out there, the the mm-hmm. Mum Test, um, you know, which, which uh, talks about customer development and the way to ask the right questions and. Um, you, you know, so I, I would say to people, you, you know, really just, you know, go with your dreams, you know, do it, but, but speak to people about it, yeah. um, you know, get validation. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's what we've done uh, and it's worked for us. Um, so hopefully it will work for other people. Indeed, indeed. Thanks, Alex. I wish you all the luck for the conference. That's due in September. And I just hope you go on with the mission of making the community stronger and making it easier for people to share ideas and discuss important subjects and equipping this this community with the right voices that they'll always need. Thanks. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks so much. You know, it's a real pleasure to be invited onto um, you know onto the podcast, and you know, I'm I'm sort of really sort of you know made up that you know you've been listening to the podcast and you know reading sort of subscribe you know since the uh, since the early days yeah. and you know <laughs> uh, uh, have stayed with us so that's that that's great and um, yeah you know we're, we're gonna continue and um, yeah um, no I'm really really sort of pleased um, that, that you're a, a reader and, and listener of the community as well thank you and thanks for taking the time out again because I know you've been busy and our wouldn't have been easy at all so thanks for doing this and you and your team keep putting out good work and looking forward to it thanks no it's been it's been great Akash thank you very much so this week begin something unpromising this week set the excessive contemplation aside this week keep living the questions (laughs) 